Yo, 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 what's going on, good people? Today is Monday, August 8, 2020, 2022. The time is 4.07 p.m. Eastern Time. You're on with episode 126 of The Bridge. Get down with Big Ron Brown, Big Kush, King Kush is all the same. Here bringing my humble opinion about things that's going on in our everyday lives, things that we talk about, things that we deal with on a daily basis, mainly sports, music, politics, current events on a local, national, and global level. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, looks like some relief may be on the way. Um, Pelosi landed in Taiwan, even though the tensions are very high overseas with China. Uh, we definitely got a lot to talk about as far as um, the intruders on January 6th. Uh, one of the first of them gets a um, prison term sentence. Uh, the four officers who uh, killed Breonna Taylor were arrested. Island Park shooter news, um, Alex Jones, and how much he's um, ordered to pay in the Sandy Hook victims, uh, pay the Sandy Hook victims because of his text messages and statements. Uh, big uh, news coming out of Kansas involving abortion rights. And uh, big sports news as far as the Dolphins are concerned and the Hall of Fame class uh, inductees of 2022. But uh, as of always, we're going to start off the past two years. We're going to start off with COVID-19 updates and vaccine updates. As of right now, there are 91.9 million cases of COVID here in the United States. One million plus 300,000 people have died as a result of COVID-19. Uh, 604 million doses have been given. 223 million people have been fully vaccinated, which is at a rate of 67.7%. I'll read those numbers again. 91.9 million cases of COVID still here in the United States. 1,300,000 people have died as a result of COVID. 604 million doses have been given of vaccines. 223 million people have been fully vaccinated, which is at a rate of 67.7%. I just read on um, just read on the internet. Um, essential workers who live in the state of Connecticut can start uh, applying for as much as to a thousand dollars starting, I believe, this Friday. Um, that is huge. That is big because a lot of people who are considered essential workers, such as myself, because I'm a dispatcher for the Amtrak Police in Wilmington, Delaware, um, should qualify for that because a lot of us didn't have the luxury or the option to work from home. We still had to travel. I know I travel. I, I drive from Philadelphia to Wilmington, which is uh, from where I live in Philadelphia. It's about an hour's drive down there and about an hour's drive going back home. So regardless if I drove or took the train, it's still a commute to Wilmington in the middle of a raging pandemic, the worst pandemic we've dealt with in over 100 years, and we're going on two and a half years now of dealing with this pandemic. So um, for those who are eligible, uh, especially if you live in the state of Connecticut, I, I advise you to apply. Apply early, apply often, apply as much as you possibly can because if you are an essential worker and you have been working during a, throughout this pandemic, $1,000 is the least they can do. It should be more because considering the fact that you're out here going to work consistently, faithfully, showing that you still you still got bills to pay because I'm not like myself, ain't nobody paying my bills but me. You still got to go to work, still got to make a living. So, um thousand dollars they can I think there's there's a lot more that they can do but at least they they're trying to do something so that that is good to see that some relief is on the way. Once again I'll say again I'll keep saying it if you are eligible. If you have not been vaccinated please go get vaccinated. If you are eligible for the booster shot please go get the booster shot because even though vaccines and the booster shot can eliminate COVID, it can reduce it as much as possible which gives you a better chance of fighting it if you did get it and wind up in the hospital. So, people, please go get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. Uh, so, here the, Infl- the Inflation Act has been put in place. 
mainly for energy and climate, uh, Medicare, and for people who are who are seniors that need Medicare. I think it's only going to be like a $2,000 limit on them. $300 billion is going for energy and climate. Um, if you know, if you're like me, during these hot summer months, you notice that your energy, your electric bill goes up because you got to pump the AC. You got to you got to get the Freon to go in your car. You got to you got to run gas. You got you got to keep your keep your, keep your, keep yourself and keep your family as cool as possible because. If this is going to bring some relief. This is something that President Biden has been fighting for. He, he and uh, Vice President Harris has been fighting for, been clamoring for the Democrats. And he said it's a major deal. It's going to bring the pockets down somewhat of the American people. I also saw where um, gas prices have been pretty much dropping 50 days in a row now. The average is like four, at least under $4 a gallon in most places in the United States. And they're saying that by next month, it can get under three. We haven't been under $3 a gallon of gas for a while now. This is something that is much needed and much can be, and, and definitely right on time because the pain at the pump, like I said, I drive to Wilmington. I live, I live in Philadelphia. I drive, to, I drive to Wilmington every day for work. The pain at the pump is real. Any relief that we can get is as, as essential workers, me too, that me too clause, as essential workers, it will be greatly appreciated and much needed. So, any relief that's going to I think is going to help the American people is, is is ecstatic. And the reason I say that is because um, the White House is guaranteed. Uh, speaking on the war in Ukraine, the White House has said that they are going to send 500 million more dollars to Ukraine in their assistance in their military to fight Russia in this war that has been raging on since February. So that's six months. That's six months now that this war in Ukraine, that this war that Russia declared on Ukraine has been going bringing a total to $8 billion that this country has sent to Ukraine to assist in this war. Um, I understand that sometimes you need, as a, as a superpower, we need to help those, especially when you're fighting a dictatorship such as, such as a country as Russia. But the amount of money that they sent overseas to assist in Ukraine some of the American people, the hard-working American people, the essential workers of America who've been dealing with this pandemic is like, um, can you get another $500 billion? Can you send $500 million to the essential workers of this country and make us feel like we're essential? Because I understand you want to help Ukraine with their cause, but you have American people who need to be helped right now, too. Because because of that war and inflation is, and, and, and gas prices and grocery bills and and daycare and everything that you would think of, it's just everything is on the rise. Everything is going up by the second. So it's like as, a, as, a, as an essential worker, as an American, it's like, can we get some assistance? Can we get some of that money? Just saying. That's just my humble opinion about it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Secretary of State, has she landed over in Taiwan to speak with the leaders over in Taiwan, um, which was not a very welcome sight by China and those overseas because... At the moment she landed, the country of China sent 20 warplanes over to China because they think they look at it as uh, Pelosi landed over there is an act of disrespect. Uh, basically, one of the leaders said, "You play with fire, you will get burned." We are not welcome over there. That's just the goddamn shoot. As an American, I'm just saying, as a black man, as an American, there's about four countries you could not pay me to go to: um, Russia. Ukraine, North Korea, and um, uh, the other country I'm thinking about, China, because they're not what it is. Obviously, we're not welcome over there. 
is, is I understand President Biden went over there to the Middle East to meet with the leaders to, to try to get some type of reform, to try to get some type of diplomacy and build some bridges that were torn completely down when Trump was in office. I understand that, but it's just certain moves that right now is just you just don't know. Certain areas overseas, if you're an American, you should not be going to. It does not matter. I understand if you're trying to go over there for peace talk, for your for your occupation, for your job. It's just certain places I just, I, you might want to wait until all of this has been resolved. That's just my humble opinion. Speaking of which, uh, Brittany Griner, uh, segue into her situation. She was found guilty last week in Russia because of the, um, the uh, mar- uh, the uh, marijuana oil that she had in her bag, they thought that she was trying to smuggle and uh, smuggle uh, from the country or into the country. She was uh, found guilty. She was sentenced to nine years in prison by the judge over in Russia. Um, they don't think she's going to spend nine years in prison. This is basically a political swap that they're going to do with Brittany Griner and another American for two Russians who have been locked up and detained on American soil. Um, yeah, on American soil. So um, nobody was shocked to see it, but hopefully they'll get the swap. They'll get the swap resolved, and they can bring Brittany Griner and the American home. But um, this is just this, she was just going to be a political a political swap, and it's just a serving example. Like I said earlier, if you don't have to be in Russia as an American, why are you over there? That's just my personal opinion. A uh, leader in Al-Qaeda who plotted in 9-11 was killed by a U.S. drone, drone last week. Um, didn't get his full name, but you would think that when they got Bin Laden back in 2011 that they got all the leaders. Nuh-uh. They're still finding leaders. They're still finding people who plotted on that tragic day of 9-11. And it's just some of those, some people that were in the process of plotting for 9-11, some of them we may never know about. But one of them was killed by the U.S. drone last week. Um over in um in the Middle East. Um, I saw last week where one of the intruders who who invaded the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, he is now getting seven years in prison. Um, that's good. That's that that should they, that they deserve that. They they brought that attention and disrespect and chaos to the Capitol. So he should be sentenced to seven years. That's just my humble opinion. But we all know the leader of the snake. We all know the one who instigated, who initiated who got those people riled up and told them to come to D.C. and fight like hell, that man and his people and everybody associated with him need to be locked up. They need to take a perp walk. It needs to be indictment. They need to be arrested. And I saw where Trump's lawyers advising him that indictments could be coming soon. I honestly don't think he, he, he has to know that and to the point where he just doesn't care because the man's been Teflon, seems like, for decades. Everything that they tried to get him on, everything that they tried to bring about, charges and whatnot, nothing stuck to the man. He was Teflon, basically, because he's 70-plus 70, 70 years old. He's been he's been getting away with things for years, for decades. Nothing sticks to the man. But he's no longer the president. No longer the president, so he ha- he does not have the office that office or that title to hide behind. We all know who's the instigator. We all know who's the one initiated. So I, I applaud them for sentencing the intruder to seven years, more sentences are gonna come out. But in order to kill a snake you have to go you have to chop the head off. So go after the head of the person and we all know who that head is. Old Teflon Don. Uh the White House did declare that the monkey po- monkeypox has been a state of, is now a state of emergency throughout the entire country. Over seven thousand cases are here now in the United States. 
Uh, you're seeing more and more pictures of people who had monkeypox and what it does and what it and how it uh, affects you and everything. So uh, people know who you're dealing with, know who you're laying with, stay as clean as you possibly can. Hygiene is important. Wash your hands. Do all the basics that you're supposed to do on a daily basis because this thing is floating. The cases are growing up. And like I said, it's 7,000. The last time I checked, it's over 7,000 cases. I believe that was this morning. It could be more by now. So the state of emergency has been declared uh, because of that. Um, the four officers who killed Breonna Taylor in Kentucky have been arrested by the FBI and charged by the Department of Justice. I don't know exactly what their sentences are going to be, but being that they were the officers of the law and they knew better and they still charged and killed her, a lot of people thinking that, that that they might not get much. I don't know. All I know is in this country as a black man, some justice is better than no justice at all. We're never going to get the fully amount of justice, the fully amount of equality, the fully amount of respect that we deserve. That just goes with the territory in this country. But I have to look at better late than never. I have to look at some is better than nothing. Because for the longest time, we weren't getting any justice. For the longest time, we weren't getting anywhere in this country with respect, for equality, with nothing. So this is America. Things are never going to be perfect. Things are never going to be right. They're never going to be equal. They're never going to be fair. My pastor at my church, Pastor Waller, um, Deaf Reverend Dr. Waller, Pat, preached at um, Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His sermon yesterday um, was called So What? And it is so true because being black in America, you know the deck stacked against you from the moment you're born. It's not fair. It's not equal. And it probably never will be. But we're going to have to succeed anyway. Any victory in justice when it comes to cases like this where unarmed black people are being murdered, slaughtered, we have to take each victory and stack them. Things are never going to be exactly how we wanted it to be. The amount of years we think people should get when they kill us or the penalty that is coming against them. But we have to take each, each victory as they come, be thankful and grateful to God when they come to us and stack them up. Be grateful because some is better than nothing. Better late than never. Because our grandmothers and our great-grandparents, some of them didn't get any justice. They didn't get any equality. And it's only by the grace of God that some of them made it. And we're here living now because of that grace and mercy of God. So... Take each victory as they come, because we all know it's not never going to be 100%, but like I said, some is better than nothing, better late than never. Uh, the Highland Park, Illinois shooting that happened on the 4th of July, the person, the uh, perpetrator, he pled guilty to those charges, and he is facing 117 charges because of that shooting. Um, it's another case where that person, I hope they throw the entire book, the entire encyclopedia at him, um, I don't think will it ever happen again. This country, the more ma we've had so many mass shootings, it's becoming a daily occurrence. It's hard to keep up. And, I mean, it's just when you think things are quiet down, when you think things have died down, breaking news, there's a mass shooting. So you're hoping that they will throw the book at this person, death penalty, 
gas chamber, whatever they need to do in order to send a message that this will no longer be tolerated, charged them with hate crime. But um, you just never know because some people, once they made it up in their mind, that they think that they're right and they and the other people are wrong and these other people should be, should be dealt with and dealt with in their own vigilante-type way because they think when their heart is right, how do you change that? Case in the Omar Albury situation, the person that fired the shot that killed him, he was being charged. He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. That's what I'm saying. These charges, these guys, the Highland Park shooting in Illinois, he's facing 117 years of char- 17 charges. The guy in the Omar Albury situation, he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison for federal rape crime. But it's like, how do you change the hate in a person's head and a person's heart? How do you deter them? to keep them from, from this happening ever again? That's the question. You can scare people, you can threaten people, you can, you can, you can put, you, you can put the, you can try to put the fear of God in them, but if the actual fear of God is not in them to get them to think twice, how do we keep this from happening again? That's just my humble opinion. Um, Alex Jones, uh, last week in his trial, we all saw that he is, um, he is now ordered to pay $45 million to the Sandy Hook victims because of his text messages saying that he felt like the Sandy Hook shooting was pretty much fake. It was staged. It was a hoax. It was unreal. Whatever whatever phrase you want to call it. But for him just to even say that in a man in his position, I believe he is a talk show host on pod, he has a podcast or a talk show host on a radio show. I never listened to the man, but a person in his position should know better. And $45 million, I hope they get every cent and they deserve every cent because what do you gain by little children 10 years ago? These little kids were like fifth or sixth, sometimes they were like five, six years old. These were babies gunned down and slaughtered like that. If you were going, you having a platform that you do saying that this thing was fake, that it wasn't real, and these parents had to bury, bury their children. Live with the pain for that, for live with the pain and the agony of that for the rest of their lives. And here we are, ten years later, and you got this man saying that it was fake. Like the wound, some wounds never heal. You may get, you may move on, but there's no closure because this is, these are babies, these are kids. And you would say that this wasn't real, that this this was fake, like it was staged. That's like opening that. That's like opening that wound and just pouring salt on. It's disrespectful, man. It's pathetic and it's uncalled for and unnecessary. And yes, I hope I hope every family can find something in that millions of dollars that they're getting, find have some type of peace with it because there'll never be closure because no parent should have to bury a child. And when you're burying babies, you're you're never going to get over that. There is no closure behind that. You're just trying to be at peace with it. But when you have a person in his position saying things like that and spewing that garbage out like that. It's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. The state of Kansas uh, largely voted last week to um, protect abortion rights. Um, Me, personally, I don't believe in abortion. But who am I to tell a woman what what she should and shouldn't do with her body? That's my humble opinion about it. Like I said, I don't believe in abortion. I believe there are options. 
that you have as as to 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 make sure that that baby is here and take care of the baby without doing that. But I am in no position. I'm not qualified to tell a woman what she should or shouldn't do with her body. And so the state of Kansas is taking a step forward. Many other states are going to believe they are going to take the exact same step because as a man, I have no right or authority to tell a woman what she should and shouldn't do with her body. And I'm going to leave it at that. Let's transition to some sports real quick. The Miami Dolphins was fined $1.5 million because of the um, Brian Flores situation with them um, basically saying that he wasn't, uh, made him feel like he wasn't qualified for that position and gave it to another person, interfering with tampering with Tom Brady, trying to get him from Tampa Bay down to Miami, and head coach Sean Payton. So um, they're fined $1.5 million. I think they lose a first-round pick and a third-round pick in next year's draft. And the owner of Miami Dolphins has been suspended until October 17th. So the season starts September 11th. He will not be allowed to come to a game until week seven. Um, <laughs> my personal opinion on that situation, um, when you when you do something like that, as an owner, $1.5 million is never that, – that, that's, that's chump change to a billion-dollar owner in the NFL. But hopefully they'll send a message that they're trying to get it right, they're trying to um, address this situation and the whole Brian Flores situation where – they said they found no evidence of him uh, tampering the tank game so they get a better draft pick, but hmm. hopefully the situation will, will, will the punishment will make owners and everyone think about doing things like that, give everybody a fair shot. But we've been here before and probably won't be the last time that we'll um, address a situation like this with an owner doing something shady. But that's the punishment that was handed down. And so that's what they'll lose, and the owner will be suspended until October 17th. So um, the NFL last week after the Deshaun Watson hearing was um, they are now trying to levy to get Deshaun Watson suspended again. They felt like, I guess, the, the judge who was presented with the evidence, I guess they felt like it wasn't strong enough to six games, so they want to try to get him suspended for more and find anywhere, I believe, 5 to $10 million dollars because they felt like it wasn't strong enough. Um, basically, the NFL, you said that you didn't want Roger Goodell making these decisions, so you put it in the hands of a judge, someone who has a law degree and wore a black robe and made decisions based upon the law. And she said, this is the evidence that was presented to me, so I'm going on the precedence that you sent, that you sent, that you put before me. And now you're saying I'm being too lenient. So now the NFL is bringing in another um attorney to oversee the tour to, to, for the appeal, trying to get the appeal um, looked at again to get him more to get him more um, punished for this crime because of this saying it's unprecedented, the amount of women, situation has never happened before. You're not going to be able to satisfy everybody. Some people are going to feel like he should never play again. Some people are going to feel like he should be suspended for two or three years and lose 10, 15, 20 million dollars. Whatever they decide is never going to be enough for everybody. But the NFL, you're trying, you, you were trying to do something to get it to get it out of your hands. And when this person made a ruling, now you're saying, oh, that's not good enough. Well, <laughs> they're only going by the precedent that you set. So, anyway, congratulations to the new inductees of the NFL Hall of Fame Class of 22 this past weekend. Uh, Brian Young, Tony Vaselli, um, who else? 
Who else am I missing? Civic uh, late great Sam Mills, uh, Dick Vermeil, head coach, um, Leroy Butler. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Richard Seymour, Clifford Branch. Congratulations. This is a great class. Um, guys that I remember playing, uh, Leroy Butler with the Green Bay Packers, the first person who did the Lambeau Leap in Lambeau Field back in 1993, uh, Super Bowl champion, first, one of the first safeties to have like 30. 30-plus uh, interceptions, 20 sacks, uh, great player. Uh, Brian Young, coming straight out of Notre Dame, won a Super Bowl title with the 49ers. Uh, he led, he's obviously the 49ers all-time leader in sacks. I think he had like 89 sacks for his career. Any numbers like that when you're playing the defensive tackle position, that's legendary. That's, 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 that's tremendous. Uh, Richard Seymour playing defensive end. Of course, we all know he won the um, Super, three Super Bowls with the Patriots back in the early 2000s. Um, great player, great player from day one, so congratulations to him. Um, Dick Vermeil led the, led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Raiders, but the coach of the Rams, when they won the Super Bowl back in 99, the greatest show on turf, everywhere he's gone, whether it was with the Eagles, whether it was with the Rams, whether it was with the Chiefs, they were a contending team no matter what. And also to the late, great Sam Mills. Um, I grew up in Mississippi, Buckethorn, Mississippi, which is like three hours away from New Orleans. And growing up, I was a Cowboy Cowboy fan still to this day. But I remember watching the many games of the Saints. And when you watch the Saints in the late '80s, early '90s, they were known. They had a defense known as the Dome Patrol. And you had two of the greatest players that I can remember from that Dome Patrol was Ricky Jackson and Sam Mills, both who are now in the Hall of Fame. They they were some of the hardest hitting linebackers in the in the NFL. You did not play any games coming across that middle sideline and sideline. They did not. It was, they, were, they were grown men back there playing football, and they laid the lumber every single time. So congratulations to Sam Mills, the late, great Sam Mills. He passed away in his career. He played with the uh, Saints and the Carolina Panthers. He is now forever enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, Aaron Rodgers last week made some news, said he went down to South America and says a psychedelic drug led to him having one of the best seasons in his life last year. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is coming off um, MVP season last year. He's won the MVP, I think, two of the last three years. That a psychedelic drug down in South America led to him being having one of the best seasons of his career. Um, first of all, how incredibly stupid, in my opinion, for you to do that, going down to another country and taking drugs and just, just doing it on the whim because somebody who you share a podcast with said it's one of the you should do it and you just do it. And secondly, another dumb reason that I believe you just come out and say it out loud. Um, like they're not like you don't believe that there's gonna be repercussions behind you saying that. Probably the drug I guarantee it's not legal. And something that Roger Goodell is probably looking at and like, I can't believe this idiot said this out loud. He let this he let this foolishness fall out of his face. And actually said that because of that, I had I became the NFL. I became one of the best. I was the MVP in one of the best seasons of my life. How stupid can you be? Now they are going to drug test you on everything, and they they should. They are going to come at you because you're one of the high. You're making fifty million dollars a year playing quarterback. And now they're going to be like, oh, okay, you're going down to South America and take some take some, take some drugs to make you feel better, to make you feel like you. You, you Superman, and you want you can have one of the best seasons. Oh, let's test them. Let's randomly test them every day if we can. 
See what other drugs you got in your system. How dumb are you, man? I don't get it. I don't care how great you are, the greatest quarterback, the greatest thrower of the football that you are. You are incredibly stupid. You And that just showed it. Because now everything you do is going to be up under a microscope. Everything you say is going to be scrutinized and dissected, as it should. Because when you let dumb stuff like that come out of your face as a quarterback in the National Football League, you should be criticized. You should be put up under a microscope. You should be scrutinized. My God. That's just my humble opinion. Um, congratulations to, one to get away from sports real quick, uh, General Michael Langley became the first uh, Marine, became the first black Marine Corps uh, four-star general with the Marine Corps. That is huge. Uh, my father was a Marine. Uh, I respect anybody that served in the military. My father was a Marine. Two of my brothers who are now retired, they were both in the United States Navy. One of, uh, one of my brothers became a chief in the Navy. I've had other uh, family members and friends who are in the Army. So all Air Force, all branches of the military, Coast Guard. So for this man to become the first black Marine Corps four-star general in the United States Marine Corps, my hat's off to you. Salute you, brother. Congratulations. That is a major milestone. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Vin Scully, a longtime Dodgers broadcaster of 67 years. He passed away at the age of 94. Um, 67 years. He was a he was the voice of Dodger baseball, even going all the way back to when they were in Brooklyn with Jackie Robinson. He's called baseball games. He's called football games, uh, World Series, Super Bowls, you name it. He's done All Star games. So he was the voice of Dodger baseball. I think they said he called over a thousand games. 67 years in one profession. My God, rest in peace to that, Mr. Ben Scully. Uh, definitely condolences go out to him, uh, his family. Rest in peace to Roger E. Mosley, uh, actor from Magnum P.I. He was also Smitty in one of my favorite movies, The Thin Line Between Love and Hate. He also paid, uh, played Coach Ricketts from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. He passed away at the age of 83. So my, um, a lot of black exploitation movies he was in back in the day. So rest in peace to Mr. Roger E. Mosley. He passed away last week at the age of 83. And I also saw just now, rest in peace to Olivia Newton-John. She passed away, um, I believe, not too long ago, about an hour ago. Uh, my wife was told me she had been dealing with cancer for a while now, and uh, she passed away. I don't know exactly what her age was. A lot of people, my wife included, my best friend included, they love the movie Grease. Some of them watch it every chance they get. I watched it a few times. It was a, it's, I mean, it's a, good, it's a great musical. The musical has been done on Broadway. And plays and everything like that. It's been remixed several times. So I know for a lot of people, Grease was their favorite movie growing up. And her, 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 her singing, her presence, a lot of people um, identify with it. If their go-to movie is their favorite movie, they think about when they, they, uh, when you can watch. People say they can watch Grease a million times and still feel the exact same way when they did when they first watched it. So uh, rest in peace to Miss Olivia Newton-John. And we all come from different races, backgrounds, cultures, places, and statuses, but we are more alike than we are different. When we can see each other as human, find common ground and interest, begin to pick each other's brain, dig into the core of each other respectfully and peacefully, only then can we begin to heal each other and truly bridge the gap between all of us. It's another episode of The Bridge. Get out with Big Ron Brown, Big Kush King. Kush is all the same. I will be posting this to Anchor Podcast. 
I will also be posting this to my social media on Facebook and on my Twitter page. Uh, go get vaccinated. People stay safe out here. If you know somebody that's had the monkey pop, wear a mask. Keep your distance. Do what you need to do, man, because this thing, the cases are going up. Do what you need to do to protect yourselves. And until next week, man, I'll holler at you guys next week. Stay safe. Have a good one. Peace.